We did lots of trivia. We came home with like four, I think, four medals. So. Which sounds impressive, but <laughs> there is a story. We we won one time because we were the only team. Wait, I, I gotta say, it doesn't just sound <laughs> impressive. It is. It is impressive. impressive. I'm, gonna, I'm with you, Brian. I'm with yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the DCL Duo Podcast, brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel. And Sam, we're headed north. We're headed we north. We are. Yes. To the Great White. No, that's the Great White North is Canada, right? I guess this cruise left from Canada. But the funny thing about this show is we're actually headed south to talk to some friends who live just about an hour, not even an hour south of us, uh, who we've actually met in person. Funny enough, we've actually never met them locally. We've only met them at Disneyland. <laughs> and we know them because of the wonderful community uh, with the My DVC Points community. That's how we met them. And then, of course, uh, also through the Plus Platoon podcast that I used to be a part of and one of our guests, Steve, is a part of. So I got to say, welcome to Nick and Steve. Hey, you guys. Hello. Hey, hey thanks for having us. Yeah, it's so great to it's great to see you, of course, on video as, as we are today and great to you know catch up with you all since we're friends, but also really fun to have you on our show because you haven't been on our show. And because we're here to talk about your very first Disney cruise. So before we get into the amazing cruise that you all chose for your first cruise, which some would call a bucket list cruise, but you started big. So I don't know where you're going to go. It's only downhill from here, I think. Um, but we've got to talk about your Disney creds, meaning your experience with Disney, since we know it's your first Disney cruise. Uh, and Ryan and I know, but Tell our audience what your connection is to Disney. Um, we've both been lifelong Disney lovers. Went to the parks probably every few years, but within the last four years, bought into DVC. So now we're going about five times a year. I'm a huge Donald Duck collector, so you probably see Donald Duck stuff in the background. The cruise was one of the last things that we've done. And like you said, sort of jumped in this summer. The summer has been a big Disney summer. So we've been to Alani, just got back from there last week. I'm dead our Disney cruise. We're off to Disneyland in two weeks. Yeah, I think definitely having a magic key pass and DVC gets you going to the parks more often. And we're just having a great time meeting great people like you. Aw, that's so sweet. And I'm guessing when you are at Disneyland in a couple of weeks, you're going to get to see some new stuff in the uh, DCA area of San Francisco. We are excited about that. We're also excited about the Rogers musical. So that's on our list to do. We're also excited to visit the DVC Lounge again. And we went there last time. So, yes. I mean, you as Disney fans know, you, you get the same response from people who aren't huge Disney fans. Like, weren't you just there? But there, even if it's just a couple <laughs> of months, we're always like, there's so many things we are excited to go back and, and uh, to experience. There's new merch. We're like, oh, I hope it doesn't sell out. And there's new experiences like Rogers and you know new lands that open or new rides that open or weren't available when we were there because they were down for refurbishment. Uh, so we always have a laundry list of things we're excited to do. We, we like to keep a list of, of Disney firsts and try a couple of new things each trip. So um, I totally agree with you. Uh, we are of the mindset of there's always a reason to go to Disneyland and Rogers the Musical for sure is that reason for you. I forgot that you hadn't seen it yet. You're going to love it. I'm obsessed with it. But anyway, we should get to the topic at hand, which is your first Disney cruise to Alaska. Um, I think we've got to start with the, the big question of why did you choose for your very first Disney cruise to sail to Alaska? I mean, I know it's close in that you just had to drive up to Vancouver uh, from the great Pacific Northwest. Uh, but why not start with the Caribbean to see if you even liked cruising? Mainly because he does not like the sun. So we figured if we're going to do a cruise, <laughs> that Alaska would probably be the best bet to test the waters there. So that was really That's why. Hilarious. <laughs> it's so hot. That's try, hilarious. I mean, we're both teachers, so we end up going to Walt Disney World when we have to in, in the summer. But dang, I wish I could go in January. Um, but yeah, what we... Um, Booked, we're about thinking about a cruise and we're about to book and stuff and started talking to our great friend um, and yours, Gina Grotsky, 
And she was planning on going too with Brandon. And so to that cruise, we're like, hey, so we actually changed what dates we were going to go on. Um, that just kismet was just really great. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, I know that you went with Gina. I love that you guys chose to sail with her and she's sailed a few times before. Let's start with your sort of planning. What, if any, planning did you have to do for this cruise? What kind of resources did you look at? Were you able to, before we get to what you actually booked, were you able to book the things that you wanted to book pre-cruise? As that is always obviously an an experience in and of itself before the cruise. Um, Since we are going to Lonnie, we were really focused only on one excursion. So we're able to book that. We had issues with Disney IT the day of the booking. What? Um, it was really, really incredibly slow and not loading the page. But um, being shut Disney- the front door, <laughs> IT was bad for Disney. No, but I mean, you know, no. you're expecting that piece, but you don't know what what it's supposed to look like. And apparently, it was not what it's is usual. So you weren't, you didn't know, you know. So you don't know to know. We are part of a Facebook work group for our cruise, so it was quickly following that. Okay, other people are having issues. It's not us. Um, it finally all worked out. We were able to get our Palo reservation. We were able to get the um, glacier boat, the two that we really wanted. Yeah. So was it what's expected? In terms of booking everything, we went through um, Gina's friend who started the booking process, which is sort of news for us because I'm usually the planner and do all the stuff myself. So giving away control of that took some use to getting to. So. I think because like you, we're from the Pacific Northwest, we've experienced whale watching and seen a lot of nature and greenery and such. So we were less concerned about some of those type of excursions. So we were, and because it's our first cruise, we really wanted to spend a lot of time on the boat and just check that out as the, um, but yes, money coming up at Alani was um, in play. So we, it also kept us to fewer excursions too. Well, I mean, it sounds like you were able to get some of the things you needed through the online booking experience. It was just those like hiccups that we all occasionally encounter uh, where the Disney system crashes and then you got to wait for everything to get back up and running. And a lot of times, too, they all impose like a virtual queue or something to try and slow the traffic down to the site. What about the when you got to check in, how the check in process go? And I'm always curious if people are using the app or the website. Well, we actually did the check-in process while flying in the air to Disneyland, I think. So again, Disney IT had hiccups. It was really slow, um, but it all worked out. Like I knew beforehand I had everything loaded on my phone and had it ready to go. But um, we got a reasonable um, port arrival time. But again, hiccups again. So I was more prepared for it for this time. Well, knowing knowing the planner that you are, Steve, it doesn't surprise me that you had everything like on your phone and ready to go. It's like that's really what Brian's exactly that way. And so he's always the one who does our check in and make sure he's got everything ready to go for that. And if you're organized and plan ahead, I feel like it even if you have glitches, even if you have some hiccups, it, it usually goes, you know, just fine and, and you get in okay. All right. Well, we've got to talk about, you know, traveling up to Vancouver. As I mentioned, you're close by to where we live. And so, you know, you're just a little bit further south from us. Uh, and so I assume you drove up to Vancouver before the cruise. Did you go that day or did you go the day before or spend some time in Vancouver? Um, we drove up on Saturday, so we spent Saturday afternoon and all day Sunday up in Vancouver. We hadn't been in a while, so it was really nice. And then um, our cruise was leaving that Monday afternoon. So, and then um, Gina and Brandon joined us on Sunday, so we had some time there. Um, definitely loved having that extra time and not worrying about making sure that we're there before the boat. We used to go up to Vancouver like almost every year for spring break. So we love the city, but it's been quite a while since we've been there. And if you're if you've not been before and you're leaving out of Vancouver, definitely give yourself a couple of days because it is a gorgeous city with so much to do. I mean, right close to the port too. Um, so the hotel we stayed at was I don't know maybe a mile or less from from the port. Yeah. Um, so it it was great. We went to Granville Island, checked that out, and so many great eateries and. It was delightful. Yeah. Plus, it just took the stress away. We had a lot of people in the Facebook group that were talking about, uh, you know, missed flights and delayed flights, and they were stressing out, and we super duper were not. So that was great. That's awesome. We love Vancouver as well, and and we used to go up there pretty much every year. 
uh, for a race event, actually. But um, we haven't been now in a few years, and and are, we're certainly itching to get back up there. And we love Granville Island, and we love all the we love all the dim sum up there. There's just yeah, such great food. So where did you park logistically for the cruise? Because obviously you drive up, you go to your hotel, but then you've got to drive to the port. And I feel like people are always asking questions of about parking. It's not like at Port Canaveral where there's this huge cruise terminal with all of these lots. So where, where are you parking when you are cruising? We parked actually at the port. Um, I followed the link through the Disney Cruise website. Um, it came out to be just under $200 American because it charged me Canadian for the week to park there. And when did you uh, book that? I booked it probably about four months in advance. I mean, eventually I know it did sell out, but it was pretty easy. You know, you go in and showed us the um, QA car out code and we went through, dropped off our luggage and then found our parking spot. So I'd highly recommend that if you're driving up. So tell us now you your first view of the beautiful Disney Wonder. You have never been on a Disney cruise before. I imagine you probably haven't seen a Disney cruise ship in port because they don't port here in Seattle and they don't port close to Disneyland and even at Disney World, they're like an hour drive away in, you know, Port Canaveral. Yeah. What's your first impression of the beautiful Disney Wonder? Um, it looked gorgeous. I mean, we saw some other cruise ships because we had walked down to the port the day before just to see where we were. Um, smaller than the other cruise ships, but still just that excitement of just following it, recognizing it, um, seeing Donald Duck on the back, being a Donald Duck fan. It was just sort of that excitement especially being that first cruise, because we arrived at the port earlier in the morning. So we had time to sort of explore the port while we're waiting for our port arrival time. And, you know, the the colors of the boat are adorable, too. The yellow boats. I mean, it's, it's adorable. <laughs> OK, so you get to the you get into the port when your port arrival time arrives. Let's put it that way. How is the check in process at the port? Smooth sailing or were there any bumps in that? Well, little did we know how smooth of sailing it was because it was our first time. But because we were with Gina, she was astounded, like how fast we got through. There are all these chairs for people to be sitting when you're in the process. And we had no idea what they were for because we just kept on walking past them. Um, so <laughs> it was it was really fast. We got to climb on to her arrival time, actually, too. She was 15 minutes before us or something, half an yep. hour. Half hour before us. <laughs> the people they were letting us and check, checking the, the arrival time, whatever, they're like, oh, it's not your time yet. And the, the two people, one was being very strict and one was being very lax. Let him go. No, let him go. No. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you got inside and there was like no one in there. So there it was, it was, so it was, it was wonderful traveling with those two just because they, you know, they have the expertise. So would love to suggest if you have someone who's uh, a cruise knowledgeable person to go with first, it's wonderful to do that. You can easily split off from them for so much of it, but at the beginning in the middle and the end is wonderful to have people who know what they're doing. That's how we got hooked. We went cruising <laughs> with a friend and then we never went back or never looked back. So yeah. <laughs> and now we've become the veterans cruising with, you know, obviously so sometimes with newbies, but often cruising with other, you know, cruise veterans. Pro tip, cruising with friends is always better. So yes. Yeah. And people at the port, I mean, Disney excellence right away. The, just the cast members there just from second one are so nice, so affirming and wonderful and helpful just it's amazing well it sounds like uh you had a great port experience sounds like it sounds like this one was good um i of course need to ask you first impressions when you walk on to the beautiful disney wonder because that is a an experience in and of itself and i i can't remember if in vancouver if you get to walk into the atrium or if they make you walk into a different floor because obviously at port canaveral you always walk into the atrium um, yes, we walked in the atrium. Um, we didn't get our name announced because they thought we were part of the group in front of us. <laughs> so we just sort of <laughs> snuck by that. But that first, we had seen pictures, but not realizing how big actually it really is. Which I know it's much smaller than the newer ships, but still, it's pretty grand. And of course, you know, being an Ursula fan, seeing that Ariel there was pretty fantastic too. I mean, you know, Tritons, I mean, I was living it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. You've got touches, I feel like, all over, you know, the atrium, even with just like hidden Mickeys in the, in the, um, like the railings and stuff and the elevator detail and all that stuff. Well, and the glass so, elevator yeah, really. too is so wonderful to see that while you're traveling in the elevator. Now, where do you guys decide to go first? Um, you know, do you get the lay of the land? Do you go straight to lunch? Did you have, you know, things that you needed to run to guest services to deal with and book? But what's sort of the first 
first uh, point of interest? Thanks to Gina. Gina told us before we got on that we had to run errands. And we went, okay, whatever we have to do. And she goes, the first thing is, is we're going to try to get, make sure that our Palo reservations were connected together to see if we could get Palo brunch. So she showed us where to go. She knew exactly where to go. So we were able to make sure that our reservations were connected. We were also able to grab Palo brunch. And then she says, after that, then we're going to guest services because she needed to put on um, gift cards. And then she needed to go to the spot. So we went, we'll just follow you. So highly recommend if you need to get, do any reservations, go there first because there was basically no line. And then once we got done, then we sort of took time to eat lunch and explore the ship and sort of get our bearings where things were. But yeah, Palo Brunch is a hot ticket. And so I don't know if people are, whatever. If you have any interest in grabbing something, go there first rather than, I think a lot of people want to jump in the pool right away or go to a club or get a drink or something. But that can wait for a couple minutes to make sure you have things set up for the rest of your entire cruise to be successful. That's a really good point. Where did you have to go for the Palo brunch sort of, um, you know, reservation or checking? Because it, it can vary on the different ships. And um, we went to the French Quarter Lounge. They were set out near there. I, I think it was the, the three um, rotational. Um, it was the three dining captains, hmm, yeah. which we learned later. Like, okay, made, made the connection to who they were. All right. Well, let's let's talk about your um your sort of checking out the ship and and what you did that day. And of course, you got we got to talk about food a little bit at, at least to find out where you ate on day one because I feel like that's always a big question mark. Do you go to Cabanas? Do you go to do sit down lunch? We went to Cabanas because that's where Gina and Brandon said to go. Um, I was happy. I got my shrimp. I got my crab legs on the first day. So for my seafood, it was I could talk about that. I loved it. Very busy. I mean, you have to learn to get in there and find a spot and sit down before it's taken. He could talk about the rest of the food he had that day because I, I just had seafood. So I was very happy. Yeah, I'm not a seafood person and the non-seafood I was less enamored with. Um, but it's just, you know, it's a buffet. You just keep on trying. You'll start, you quickly find the things that you enjoy. So um, my first pass was not as successful as um, subsequent ones. I mean, in, in general for the whole whole trip. Yeah. That's that's a good point. I I will say Cabanas is not my favorite place to eat. I would rather usually eat pool deck food for lunch than at Cabanas and I would rather on day embarkation day lunch. I usually prefer the sit down lunch. Um but it's convenient and it's fast and you know, especially I always tell people with like young kids if you don't want to have to sit through like a sit down lunch, that's probably your best bet for particularly with day 1 and of course for breakfast most days notwithstanding the gross scrambled egg. But we don't have to we don't have to talk about that yet. Um so we've got to talk about the ports a little bit before we talk about some of the other goings on on the ship. How many ports did you go to and how long was this cruise? This cruise was seven days. So our first stop was the Glacier, um, Skycon Sky or something like that. And then we did um, Skagway, Juneau, and then Ketchikan. Perfect. So three real ports and one, I'll call it stop because it's not, you know, you only get off the ship if you're doing that Glacier excursion that you mentioned earlier. So let's talk about the ports a little bit because obviously those are the stars in Alaska. Um, the Glacier Excursion, uh, tell us about what you booked and did it live up to your expectations? Um, we did the Glacier Excursion. We were able, we were we did the second sailing and there's two boats and we got really lucky because as we just pulled up to the Glacier, there was a calving. So a big chunk of the iceberg fell off just as we pulled up. So that was a great experience. Beyond that, then they took us down to look for wildlife, did not see anything. Um, like Nick said earlier, growing up the Pacific Northwest, the scenery for us probably is not as awe-inspiring as some of the people around us who have are not used to as much greenery and stuff. I mean, it um, was still gorgeous. It was still gorgeous, just not as captivating for us. Um, we actually enjoyed it because we had the chance to um, speak to some just other guests on, on the cruise. Um, There's one family in front of us who had done lots of cruising so we, was, we were able to ask them questions about their experiences on other itineraries. Um, met some fabulous cast members who are 
from Disney World who were on the cruise. So that was probably one of the highlights for us. The ship was actually able to get pretty dang close to the to the glacier. So you're kind of feeling like, had we known that, would, would we actually done the excursion? Because it got pretty close. Uh, but of course, we got even closer. So our pictures were pretty awesome. And seeing the calving up, up close was pretty astonishing. And the waves that happened as a result. And the captain said that was the biggest calving he had seen all season. So that was pretty, pretty fun. We, got to, we found out the difference between a wa- waterfall and a off spout something yes <laughs> basically <laughs> oh anyway so um and we saw was the, the hole in the wall off spout or what it's called was pretty cool too um but you know, would i suggest the glacier experience yes it was pretty pretty great and um steve had a glacierita when he was there so they they fished out a chunk of glacier ice and put it into um drinks while you were there yes <laughs> I love that. I saw a picture. I remember you have a, it's like this blue colored drink with this big chunk of ice in it. That's like, you know, a misshapen chunk because obviously it's natural, naturally broken, right? Not, um, it's not cubed like we normally see. All right. So your next port is Skagway. What did you guys get up to there? We did spend about Probably an hour and a half, two hours, just walking through town. So we had no no excursions. Um, I will say that we heard from other guests that the Skagway train is a must do. Had so many people said they really loved that. We just went in town. We you know went through the shops, saw so many jewelry shops. We <laughs> guess we were that sort of surprising to us. Um, highly recommend Doughboy, which is off one of the side streets, which is fried bread, uh, Alvinier. Yeah, basically. Um, we knew I knew about that because I had done some research of like where to go. So we did, I guess, a walk, walk through town. And then we spent the rest of the time just being on ship, which was sort of nice because lots of people were off on other excursions. So it gave us a chance to experience a quieter ship. Now, Gina did suggest that we go to the Red Onion Saloon for the tour. And did we ever? Oh, my gosh. Have you been it before? No, we have. Not, I've not been to Alaska ever, actually. What is tell us what the, what is the Red Onion Saloon? So it is a famous brothel that was operating during um, the gold rush. So they have a quick 20 minute tour that takes you through the upstairs, showing you some, um, they have some artifacts and stuff. Um, We learned about Diamond Lil, who has actually a connection. She ended her life here in Seattle, and she's known for wearing diamonds on her teeth. She had diamonds on her teeth. But the person who takes you through is just a comedian. She's wonderful, the, the person who takes you through and learn a lot about it. There apparently used to be 10 brothels in town, like 10,000 men at the height of the gold rush and 300 very busy women. <laughs> so um, <laughs> lots of wild tidbits about that. Just like they, they moved the building at some point and they realized they had it backwards. So they sawed off the front and the back of the building and switched them. And, um, <laughs> and how like a contraceptive of the time was Lysol. Ah, <laughs> right? Just... <laughs> Oh, that uh, just hilarious. Love it. Uh, what was the next port? Juno. Juno was the next port. And um, that one was, it takes a little bit more to walk in. You could walk into port, but it's it's about probably a 20, 30 minute walk. They also had shuttles, but we chose to walk because um, we're big walkers. Um, same thing. We walked through town. It was That was probably our rainiest day out of the port days. Found a local coffee shop that we really liked. Um, we had... Um, Good fish and chips was that in Juno mm-hmm. um, at Dave's something. It's basically a, like a food court if you're used to Portland or Seattle, where it's just a small little area. But it had some really good fish and chips. Um, again, Mo met someone who was in town for their um, son's wedding, who wasn't even on the cruise, but had a nice chat with them while we we're eating lunch about the area. And then again, back onto the ship and spent some time, quiet time on the ship being able to do things with less crowds. I think it was called Deckhand Dave's. We have a friend yes. who grew up in Juneau, so she had a, a few suggestions, and um, it's, it was great fish and chips. Uh, but yeah, getting back on the ship, because we wanted to, that was our big excursion, was getting to know the ship. And when you head to the pub and stuff, when everyone else is out enjoying the city, um, it's really calm and lovely. Oh, yeah. I, that's one of my favorite things to do, of course. And we'll definitely get back to that. But let's talk about Ketchikan. What did you do at Ketchikan? I had king crab for the first time. Yeah. So it's, for the first time? Was that actually, because before it's always been Dungeons crab, but this was the first time actually having king crab. Um, so we we used Yelp to pick a restaurant to go to. And we did sort of the same thing, you know, walked through the shops and probably spent about an hour and a half again. And um, again, for us, the scenery, yes, 
great mountains. We felt like part of it, we were in eastern Washington where there's the bigger mountains and stuff. Um, and then we got back on the ship. So, because um, like you said, we're going to Alani, so we're saving our money for there. We talked about if we go again, we'd probably add some more excursions because we wouldn't have another trip backed up. It was expensive, but really worth it, yeah? It was a splurge that I highly recommend. You just have to get over the sticker shock, but it was oh, yeah. it that, was amazing. That king crab is quite expensive. I've had some in Seattle. It's been a few, quite a few years, but it is, yeah, it's really expensive. Um, and compared, and not that Dungeness crab isn't expensive. Dungeness crab is also expensive, but not at the level of king crab. But those legs are gigantic. <laughs> it's it's pretty cool. But yeah, I know everyone has things that they are looking to purchase in the shops and whatever and such. We are thing that we tend to purchase are magnets because they don't take up much space. So um, there's a lot of room for that in our little condo. Um, but people sure seem to be enjoying doing shopping because there's a lot of opportunities there. All right. Well, obviously for you all, the ship was the star of the experience. Um, not to say that obviously Alaska isn't also a star and it sounds like you all are maybe planning another trip or another Disney cruise or perhaps <laughs> even a different cruise line to go go to Alaska and, and do some some other stuff. But we've got to talk about experiences on the ship. Let's talk about daytime activities first. What kinds of stuff did you find to get into on the ship? Um, and were there things you couldn't do because they were too crowded or was it nice because a lot of people were off in the Alaskan ports? We did lots of trivia. We came home with like four, I think four medals. So. Which sounds impressive, so. but... <laughs> there is a story. We we won one time because we were the only team. Wait, I, I got to say, it doesn't just sound <laughs> impressive. It is. It is impressive. impressive. I'm, gonna, I'm with you, Brian. I'm with yeah. you. One of the times we were the only team, so we just had to answer one question right, right and boom, medal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, that's, but that's just strategy. That's just yeah. stra that's all yes. it is. Right. It's strategy. Straight, which, you all are off sledding with dogs. I'm doing trivia and getting medals. So there you yeah. go. <laughs> which, which trivia was it that you were the only ones there? I have to know. It was the know-it-all. So it was like general oh, knowledge yeah. trivia. Just general the knowledge. Disney, Disney ones. Oof. Talk about going deep into Disney. Yeah, those are really hard. Right? <laughs> I always, like, people always ask me, oh, do you guys go on Disney Cruise Line and win all the Disney Cruise Line trivia? And I look at them like they have three heads because I don't think people realize not just, I mean, the Disney Cruise Line trivia is like ridiculous. They'll ask you like how tall like the ship is and, and feet or, or, you know, just like ridiculous pieces of information that only you're like diehard. And not to say we aren't diehard Disney Cruise Line fans, but we're not diehard Disney Cruise Line trivia, you know, fans. But even the other Disney categories, right? Like the parks trivia, um, all of that stuff is like super duper hardcore. So yeah, what were the other ones that you guys won where you actually had competition? Um, pub quiz. So similar to Know It All. Our most impressive win was it was a packed room. We ended up tying for first place and then we won the tiebreak. And was that we're a team of two? And that was because most of our wins are when it was just the two of us. And we were beating wow. teams of teams of like four to six. So Wow. I, I also was there. Steve's <laughs> <laughs> the trivia buff. I, I tried to contribute when I can, but... He's he's the he's the brain. Yeah. Did you do any? I'm uh, wondering. Uh, I feel like if you went with Gina and Brandon, you'd need to do like a Star Wars trivia, and that would be the one because you know they're like the they're the Star Wars experts. Oh yeah, we did music trivia with them because we have a music teacher, and Brandon was really awesome at that too. We we all had our like decades and artists and stuff. We were very good at. And we we did really well on that one. Yeah, but Brandon was amazing at that one. But trivia was definitely was one of the highlights. One thing we learned of is pull up in the app. You can look at the day's activities and heart things. So you'd get these reminders when trivia was or where where it was at. So we got in the habit of, of the day. We just go through and heart the things we were possibly interested in. And then as the day went, we started to just choose what we wanted to do or skip. And the same location, they usually alternated with animation. So that was fun to do as well. See how terrible yours looked at the end. Or usually looked decent. Um, but we loved Bingo too. Oh my gosh. Bingo, wow. You need to be there early. Whenever they say it's, it's going to go on, the tickets are going to go on sale, I would show up 15 minutes before that. 
Would you like a chance to sail with the DCL Duo? Well, we have an opportunity for you. That's right. Next June is going to be our first ever inaugural DCL Duo podcast cruise. And we have a fun lineup of stuff on its way for that sailing. We're going to be on the magic for a three-night Bahamian sailing out of Fort Lauderdale on June 19th next year, 2024, with a stop at Lighthouse Point, one of the first sailings to go to Lighthouse Point. We are so excited to welcome all of you, our listeners and fans out there, to join us on this sailing. We've got some special things we want to do, including potentially an onboard recording of the podcast, which will just be so much fun. If you are interested in sailing with us, we would love to meet you. We always love to meet and interact with our listeners. So if you're interested, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash Duo. That's mypathunwinding.com slash Duo. Let them know you're interested in this sailing. We have a room block reserved, which means you've got opening day pricing locked in for some of our remaining rooms. So head over there, check it out. We'd love to see you on board with that. Thanks to My Path Unwinding Travel for sponsoring the show. And now back to the episode. What other stuff did you guys get up to? Did you do any spa appointments or any of the other, you know, family games, things like that? Um, we watched Match Your Mate. So we we watched that. That was hilarious because it had three great couples. It's like the newlywed game, basically. Yes. Yeah. Um, the one thing that we really loved, well, he loved karaoke. I'd, I'd go and watch. Not my not my thing, but I could watch. But we loved the um, theater shows. I mean, we're big into musicals. So we were able to see that. And we also got to see the basically the Indiana Jones Dial Destiny the day before it was released because that was on the ship. So Movie that, premieres. That's pretty fun. So that was exciting. Um, there was also a Anchorage-based um, trio called the Pipeline Vocal Project that was wonderful. This acapella trio. Oh, that, fun. Like an acapella group? Yeah. And wow. I was, you know, of course, being a music teacher, I was excited to go check them out and stuff. And they were wonderful. So check them out. Uh, Pipeline Vocal Project. They were great. And then... Chipper. Chipper. <laughs> <laughs> He's a magician. He's a comedian. He's everything. So good. We saw him at the like adults area after hours kind of thing. And I was just so blown away with both his magic and his humor that we went to go see the main stage show the next night. And we're so excited for it there. And he was even more endearing there. And his family as um, ties to like old school Disney. So he showed a bunch of picture and fitted footage of them. And it was really touching to see how they were they tied into Disney. Nice. Now, what um, what main stage acts uh, or what main stage shows were you able to see on this particular itinerary? It was the Golden Mickey's, which is, I guess, been running for a while. You could, you could, you couldn't tell at all, right? That's been around for a long time <laughs> okay. with the video, yes. <laughs> with the old Bob Iger video. Yes, <laughs> it was the, Dream, uh, the last one was called Dreams. Dreams, yeah, uh, which I guess has been around for a while. Very, t- very touching. Um, thought it was very well done. Um, we enjoyed that because we ended up while we were waiting in line for Donald Duck talking to one of the um, cast members. So it was nice, like, oh, there he is, recognizing him in the stage shows later. And then we saw another one, which was just like a review, like musical numbers. I can't remember the name of that. Well, but that, that was Dreams. I think it was Dreams you're talking about. But okay. the third one we watched was Frozen, which was great, of course. Oh, there, there's Frozen. <laughs> and pro tip for theater, I mean, the, ideally, for, I always think for theater, like, you know, third to fifth row center is the b- best place to be. But you know what's going to happen. Someone huge is going to sit right in front of you and block your view. So the second section back, first row is ideal. Get there early, second section, first row, and you won't have anybody's head in front of you. And you have that huge aisle space to put your feet out in. It's delightful. <laughs> I agree. That's my, that would that's my favorite spot in all of the Walt Disney theaters. And I don't mind sitting on the end of that row though because I like kind of being I like the aisle instead of being kind of stuck in the middle of a row. But I agree that is the best location. Well, I love that you went to all the shows. So now you did mention waiting in line, of course, to see Donald Duck, because that is Steve's favorite. But I'm curious as to whether or not you, you know, waited in line for other characters. And then a specific question of if you did the pictures with Minnie, Mickey, the gang up on the deck on Glacier Day, because I know that is a coveted picture that a lot of people try and get. We only did pictures with Donald Duck. I mean, yeah. there was opportunity. There was he is number opportunity. Yes, he is, he is he number, number one. one. Um, there were opportunities where we could have seen other characters, but it's usually Donald Duck. Um, definitely on Glacier Day, you need to be prepared 
Luckily, I had done some reading in advance of make sure you're there because it's a limited time and then it's gone. It was raining that day, so they moved the location closer to the pool so the characters were undercover. And we got there and we're actually aligned to the Mickey and they're coming up and saying, "Where? who are you here to see? And like, oh, good, you're seeing Donald Duck because we've already cut the line off for Mickey Mouse. Um, so we waited for that one probably about 20 minutes. All the other ones, we just happened to be, some of them we just happened to be on, like there's like basically no line, like you said, a very short line compared to other places. We did spend probably more time standing in line for all the different backdrops since we bought the photo package. Uh, that's probably where we spent the most time in line for pictures, just making sure that we got our value worth for, for that. I'm not sure I would do that again with just the two of us. It was great because it was our first cruise to, to do that and get, have that documented. And if you had different people with you, like parents and et cetera, that'd be great to do again for their experience. But you know, once we've done that package once, I think we're good for go. We we kind of have gone back and forth on it. We always end up with about 20 pictures that we want that we've taken, even though it's not that, you know, we don't we don't go around taking a million pictures. And so I've actually found that there is value most of the time in buying that unlimited package ahead of time. Okay, so we have to talk more about the food because of course we know food is a big part of any cruise and we think it's a big part of Disney Cruise Line. I feel like, Let's I feel talk- like Danny and Ted Lasso. Cruising is food. Cruising, cruising is food. Is food. <laughs> food is life. Food is, food, football is life. Cruising is life. I feel like we should talk, maybe let's talk about Paulo first. Um, I know you you got that oh, Paulo brunch. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. You can't start with I know, Paulo. it's starting That's at the like top. starting I know. with Alaska for your first cruise okay, and then heading right. to the Caribbean. Oh, okay, all right. Let, we'll rewind. Rotational dining, rotational dining. Let's start with rotational dining. What did you think of the rotational dining experience on board? Any standouts or misses that you encountered? I think my favorite in terms of food would be Tiana's place or whatever. Or what whatever is the correct answer? <laughs> <laughs> For overall experience, I would go with the animator's palette. That was cool. We didn't know going in what, what they're going to do and from night to night. And even just the first night was yeah. just, you know, you're like, are those pictures or is it a screen? You didn't even know to start off with. And then, wow, it's mm-hmm. pretty amazing. And then when you do the animation on the last night, it's, it's dang cool. It took a while to get used to saying, I would like two appetizers <laughs> or I, like sort of I get to pick and choose. I mean, sort of giving you that for being first time cruisers. Gina told us you can have whatever you want, but it's just getting comfortable. Going, I want this and this. I don't want that. And being comfortable. I don't think we ever had to reorder something or say, hey, I don't I don't like it. But we knew that there was that opportunity there. I'd say it was decent food. It's not the best food I ever have, but going in, we knew it was going to be a cruise ship. I, I described it as, I feel like I'm at someone's nice wedding and I'm getting getting delivered like sit-down meals. So It's, it's right. catering food. It's catering food. And we have found from a few people, like sometimes it's also helpful if like, you know, the food sits for a bit sometimes and it doesn't come out in its freshest form. And so sometimes you can kind of let your waiter or server know. I'd really like my food to be hot. I'm looking at you, Josh Wilson out there. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, I want my food to be hot and, you know, they'll do their best to accommodate that. But yeah, just wait until you're at like cruise, uh, cruise 20 and uh, you'll just say, just bring me one of everything and I'll figure it out on my side. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I, you know, I agree with you in general that most of the food is just okay, but there are some things for me that are always like, you know, some standouts, right? There are always a few dishes that I really, really love. And maybe I wouldn't be able to get that at home, or I wouldn't have tried that if not for a cruise, because it might be something I'm not sure if I'm going to like that. But because I can order as much as I want, or as little as I want, why not? Right? Like, and so there have been times where I've ordered, I've been known to order something, quote unquote, for the table. (laughs) <laughs> and which is just always, Sam's code for I want to bite and the rest of you are going to eat it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually my code for I'm going to eat like two dishes instead of one, um, more likely. But I tend to order something that I am not sure if I'm going to like. I will order that and call it for the table. And you know, if I don't like it, then it gets shared. If I like it, then I hoard it for myself. So. <laughs> I like how each of the, the restaurants has a different flavor and feel to it. So, you know, if you don't like a backing band the entire time, then you go to Triton's and you get more of a acquired experience, you know. So it's, it appeals to different people for different restaurants. 
And wow, the wait staff is so amazing. And what a magical experience it is to have the same wait staff every night and they get to know you and are joking around with you. And they're they're so wonderful. And what a, a cool experience that is to have that continuity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I know you all sat with Gina and Brandon uh, for dinner, but did they seat you with anybody else or just your two parties together? Just our two parties. But you know me, I was making friends with people around us, as one does. <laughs> That's what Brian always says about me too, uh, Nick. Uh, I make friends wherever I go. I just start talking to people. And that is, as Steve mentioned earlier, one of the most fun parts of the of a cruise experience is talking to other guests, meeting, uh, uh, talking to crew members and meeting new people and getting to know them. I think that's always a fun part. I will just for our listeners out there, if you are a smaller party, it is very common to get seated with other people, meaning strangers that will become hopefully new friends. Uh, if you do not want to be seated with another party, you can make that request and it will usually not always, but usually be honored. I was just thinking earlier today how cool it is to be on a Disney cruise because you all have something in common. I mean, how often do the people go on cruises where it's just to the Bahamas? That's what they have in common is they like to go to the Bahamas. But everyone on board has an interest in Disney. So if you're talking to someone next to you, you can easily say, hey, who's your favorite character? Hey, when's the last time you've been to a theme park? What's your favorite favorite ride? There's all these ins to being able to um, make connections with people that is something that you all enjoy. Yeah. uh, One of our favorite cruise uh, authors, I guess I'll say, Paul Thornton, he likened Disney Cruise Line to basically just as a ship-wide themed cruise, right? Um, You know, Royal Caribbean will do an occasional themed cruise. You love 80s music, you love some TV show or, you know, some other interests. The nudist cruise, I think uh, someone talked to us about at one point. The Golden Girls cruise. There's there's a podcaster's cruise for... for (laughs) (laughs) So... Uh, it's it's basically one giant theme cruise. So yeah, I love that. You step on the boat. Everyone has a shared love of Disney. And so it's a great way to open a conversation. You know, you find a ton of DVC members on there. You can talk about your favorite resorts, parks, folks, even just Disney Cruise Line enthusiasts. So yeah, it's the best, one of the best parts about Disney Cruise Line for sure. Okay, so now we have to talk about Paulo. It sounds like you were lucky enough to snag both a brunch and a dinner. And I, I've got to know what you think. But let's let's start off with dinner. Because I have a feeling that brunch is the star because we think brunch is the star. What did you think of Paulo dinner? Of course, it's a more intimate experience in an adults only restaurant. But, you know, what did you think of the value, the food, the service, all of that? For the price that we paid. Well, first, we went a la carte instead of the prefix menu. menu. We decided that was mainly more Nick looking going, I don't like the choices. So we went, said to go a la carte and we ended up spending basically the same amount of money. For the value, it was delicious. I mean, I'm looking here like we're going for the for the price I paid and for what I'm getting. I was not surprised when I heard just recently that they've raised the prices a little bit. We paid $45 for each of us by the time we we're done with everything, plus drinks. So we paid a little bit more, but excellent service, excellent food. Definitely was one of those things of if we're on the ship, we would do it again. I mean, you have to consider the fact that you're giving up the regular meal that you would be having. So it's kind of like the cost of that meal plus more. So it's not like you're getting a, that money back. But um, but yes, when you consider like, you know, uh, Grand Cal's chef's counter, I feel like it's similar quality, but uh, it, it was just very intimate. And again, the, the servers were top notch and it was lovely. I would definitely suggest that you should you definitely do it. Yeah, agreed. I will say the best value is definitely that the price fix menu, but I totally understand not choosing that if there's one, uh, not an entree on there that you want or not a dessert on there that you want. What we often do is Brian always goes a la carte because he his preferred entrees are not on the price fix menu. I almost always go for the price fix menu. And then we just order like, you know, some stuff and we share stuff. So I share, you know, we share usually two appetizers. We always get a pasta dish. So we make it that there's a pasta course, even though that's not traditionally how they do it now at Paulo. But we're like, I know I want a pasta course and then I want my meat or fish course. So so we're we're all about that. Um, I have to ask, did you do the souffle? Because that's obviously a, a mainstay at Paulo. It was delicious. Highly recommend. Get your own. Do not share. (laughs) 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 Just get your own. Funny enough, um, we always share that because we're always too full to have our own. (laughs) Sam's rule is don't share the chicken parm. So that's her rule. That's true. That is my rule. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, um, Gina's friend Vicky had lots of suggestions for us, and wow, does she have good suggestions! Everything we tried of her that she put out there for us was spot on. So, what were some of the highlights at dinner besides the souffle? Um, I had the scallops; they were amazing. Um, the souffle was definitely amazing. I'm trying to think, what else did we have? I mean, even the bread course was amazing. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, on to the star, in my opinion, the brunch. For $45, I don't know that you could get, a, you know, it basically an all-you-can-eat brunch. Of course, there's no buffet like it used to be or it used to include. As we've, as I said, you can order as much as you want, as little as you want from that menu for a fixed price. What did you think of brunch? What were the highlights from that? The brunch was delicious. Like we said, as a table, we ordered multiple things and shared from there. I don't remember exactly what I have. I just know it was really good. (laughs) (laughs) It was one of those things of, yes, we'll do brunch again. I'd probably do brunch before I did dinner. If I had to choose, it would be doing brunch first. Mm -hmm. Again, I can't remember any specific (laughs) because it was all so good. Oh, it was the sticky bun. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. It was the sticky bun that was amazing. Yes. Brian loves the sticky buns. He loves the lasagna. We also both love the tomato soup is fantastic. And of course, their their pizzas, the flatbreads. But I would say the chicken parm is number one for me. And I can usually skip the sweets in favor of the savory stuff. Now you're saying things, it's all coming back. <laughs> yeah, the chicken parm was amazing. The flatbread, I mean, wow, that was incredible too. And like, it's like even the cherry tomatoes were just ridiculous. I Well, I have to agree with you. I would choose, I would do both again. And we do t- try to do both on almost every cruise unless it's a short cruise. But the Apollo brunch is the winner. Um, any other highlights of stuff you, you got up to on board that we maybe haven't talked about? Oh, Cove Bar. We loved the Cove Bar. Probably stop by there every day. Um, just if you want like a quiet area to sort of just hang out. Um, tends to be much quieter, especially when we're cruising, especially with Alaska, since there's almost always land that you see a great place to hang out and check out the scenery. Oh, and for me, I did bring a six pack of beer on since you're allowed to bring six cans of beer. I, um, I did end up touching all of it because I quickly found out, like I looked at what they had and I was able to sample a couple things to see which one I liked. I found something I liked. So I went with the beer mug. Because I wasn't sure because I'm very picky about my beer. So it was nice. I found something I liked and constantly do that. So I just told myself I would not haul a six-pack of beer again in my backpack, especially on, on embarkation day, carrying a heavy backpack around. So It was cool they had a drink of the day, not just alcoholic, but also non-alcoholic. For me, who I don't do, do alcohols, so that was really cool. And let me tell you, people, I don't know for those of you who have strawberry decks, but Strawberry daiquiris, usually you get like one inch in and then you get chunk of ice in your straw. They were so well smoothly blended that it was just straight through. I was done so fast. They do uh, the non-alcoholic drinks very, very great. I think we've covered all the topics, Brian. Uh, is there anything well, that I, I have, haven't asked? I have one question that I always like to wrap up first-time cruisers with, which is, uh, would you go again? Uh, is this an experience you want to repeat? And <laughs> would you do it on Disney? Were you hooked on cruising or were you hooked on, hooked on Disney cruising? So to answer this question, within less than a week after returning home, we've already booked a um, seven-night Caribbean cruise for next summer. It was three days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you waited until you got home. Most people just book it on board. <laughs> well, so, so we, we booked, so here it is, we booked our placeholder. And with the placeholder, you have exactly two years to use it. And being teachers, we went, oh my gosh, well, we have plans for next summer, but if we do the following summer, we're going to have to go right when school's done. But if we book a cruise next summer, later in the summer, then the date gives us a little bit more wiggle room. <laughs> so that was our reasoning. But yes, we have a seven, eight Western Caribbean, I think, yes. on the fantasy for next August. Nice. And by the way, we had an, through Gina's suggestion, we had an inside stateroom and we looked at all the different stateroom options and we decided to book an inside stateroom again, like deck seven, eight. It's really great location for hitting everything. And I think that just worked really well for the two of us. We stopped to think when we were at the end of four days, how did that feel? And I think that we would be cool with four days, uh, four night cruise. I think anything shorter would just feel like you just got on, just got off. And I don't think I would really like that. Three might be stretching it for me. Um, but maybe if you paired it with, you know, a park stay at Disney World. But I think four t- to seven sounds delightful. And perhaps just less often if you're going to do longer. 
Seven is a great length. I think over seven is always just like luxurious. Like it's just so, it's so <laughs> lovely. I'll do a three night for a long weekend just to be able to like, you know, if I'm going to have to spend a long weekend somewhere, you know, might as well spend a long weekend on a Disney cruise ship. That's not terrible uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Four or five is that kind of perfect of the shorter end of cruises. Uh, never feels like you just unpacked and you're repacking one day later. So yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think Brian doesn't know this, but you all asked me after you sailed whether you should book a four-night cruise on The Wish or a seven-night cruise on The Fantasy. And my answer was immediate. And not to say that The Wish isn't a wonderful ship. I think she's amazing and I really enjoy sailing on her. But the answer is always more nights on a ship. Well, and I think if you start off on The Wonder and then go to The Wish... Like it's kind of a nice progression to do the wonder and then like the dreamer, the fantasy and then the wish. So, yeah. Now, I have to tell you, because we asked a bunch of people throughout the trip, you know, what ships they've been on and what they thought of them. And of course, we have a biased uh, group because they're on the wonder, right? Everyone loves the wonder. They're like, you can go try those other bigger ships, but it's very intimate. It's great to walk around. We love to walk, as we mentioned, and we got our laps in. It's easy to do on the smaller ships, too, because you're a continuous path to do that on. It's it's smaller crew. It's really, really great. Yeah, I, I will say that that feeling, we have heard it even from crew, that there's just something special about the guest interaction, the crew atmosphere, just everything on the Wonder. It's still one of our favorite ships. So really glad that you had such a great experience and you are headed back. Let me extend my warm welcome to the Castaway Club. Uh, welcome. <laughs> You're now silver Castaway Club members. So that's a great Woo. place to be. And uh, yeah, with that, I think we've reached that point in our show where I need to hand you over to Sam, who's been doing a majority of the questions questioning in her anyway, but you know, without the judgment, but need to hand you over to Sam for some arbitrary questions, some arbitrary rules and a dash of judgment of the round we call rapid fire. So Sam, take it away. All right, you guys, I am going to ask you a couple of Disney favorites, and then I'm going to ask you Disney Cruise Line favorites. Of course, you have to limit your answers to the wonder because that's the only ship you've been on. So let's get started. I already know Steve's answer to this first question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Who is your favorite Disney character? Donald Duck, number one, <laughs> always will be. Number. Nick, who is your favorite Disney character? Ursula's my girl. I love it. Love it. Okay. What is your favorite Disney movie, Nick? Oh, well, Little Mermaid, right? And <laughs> I have yet to see the new one yet, so I got to get on that. Yeah, I haven't seen the new one yet either. Steve, what about you? So many choices. Up. Up. I'm going to go with up. Must like to cry. Favorite Disney song, Steve? Um, Step in Time. Mary oh, Poppins. fun. Mary Poppins. Love it. All right, Nick. It's got to be... Four Unfortunate Souls. <laughs> I love it. Okay, now we're going to jump onto Disney Cruise Line and talk about some favorites on board. I'm curious to know, you got to see, you know, several stage shows. Which one was your favorite, Nick? I think it was Frozen. Yeah. I just love that, that story. Steve? Dreams. The last one we saw. Oh, interesting. All right. Well, I'm sorry, Steve, you've just lost Rapid Fire. We can end right now because the correct answer on the Disney Wonder is Frozen. <laughs> Don't take that abuse. Don't take that abuse from her. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. You like the show you like, and that's what matters. So, <laughs> Anyway, moving on, let's talk about your favorite bar space on the Disney Wonder. What was your favorite, Steve? Crown and Fen, hands down. Nice. What about you, Nick? Same. Yeah, it had a really great vibe about it. I thought I was going to like Cadillac Lounge, but yeah, the music was not there for me. All right. What was your favorite onboard activity, Nick? I think it was bingo. It was really high energy and it was family oriented and super full of people. And we won. <laughs> you did? You The spoiler, you didn't tell us that part. We, play, we played three times. So it's four games each time. So 12 out of 12 games and the second to last or the last game? The second to last, I think. Second to last. Yeah. And we put out a chunk of money on it. I, I don't know, but we ended up like $14 ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but it was Big pretty winners. fun and there's there's like the the devices or there's the old school paper and our caller she was uh, she was irish irish yeah 33 <laughs> <laughs> it was really really fun nice so you basically paid for steve's beer mug with your big yeah, absolutely mm -hmm. we, we, were, we were looking at it as an excursion going in but when we won it became free <laughs> there you go Steve, what was your favorite activity? Actually, I have two. It'd be bingo, and then they had the adult animation. Oh, yeah. Um, which happened right after bingo, so. That sounds not safe for work. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Meaning animation classes where you learn how to draw somebody. Did you get to learn how to draw Donald Duck? I did. I learned how to draw Donald Duck, Mickey Mouse, and I learned that Mickey Mouse and Minnie are basically the same except for eyelashes. And, and a bow. The eyelashes and the bow. And we also learned how to draw Goofy. So. Oh, fun. I, I can't draw Goofy. I can draw Minnie and Mickey. All right. What was your favorite rotational dining? Steve, what was your favorite? Tiana's. Nick, what about you? I really like the animation. It was really cool. I, I think if I were to do it over again, I probably, because it wouldn't be new to me, I would probably change my mind to Tiana's. But uh, for the first time out, animation anime palette was really great. Awesome. All right. Favorite space on the ship. Nick, what would your favorite be? I think the Cove Cafe was pretty cool. It's a very chill and it's supposed to be adult only. It's small and I like me some coffee as one does. Uh, it was very relaxing and cool. And up, Upper Deck too, said nice natural light. Um, deck four. The duck walking outside. Oh, yeah, the promenade. Yeah, love that. Okay, we've got to move on to a little bit of food. I'm going to ask you what your favorite sweet item is and what your favorite savory item was on the cruise. So, Steve, let's start with you and let's start in the sweet category. The souffle at at Palo, probably my favorite. Yeah. (laughs) I want to say that, but instead I'm going to say unlimited soft serve. I mean, come on, that's so good, right? (laughs) So sometimes it it comes down to quantity. (laughs) All right. Favorite savory food item. We'll start with you, Nick. Probably the, the chicken parm. That was pretty delightful. Yeah. What about you, Steve? I'm like going to have the lobster tail that I had at Triton's. Really? Wow. Yeah. I'm surprised because I will say, having had the lobster on cruises before, I'm usually disappointed because they're usually too, it's usually dried out, right? Because it's kind of the, the problem is just with the mask cooking. But if you get a good one, that's awesome. Awesome. Okay. Now, my last question is a question I ask everyone which is Bucket List Cruise. If you could go anywhere in the world on Disney Cruise Line, even someplace that doesn't currently, Disney Cruise Line doesn't currently sail, where are you going, Steve? The Northern European Cruise. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds awesome. What about you, Nick? There's three really good options. Do I go with Australia? Do I go with Hawaii? Or do I go with like ones that would hit up all the Asian parks at once? I think, I think... I think I'm going to go Australia. That'd be really great. Well, thank you for playing. And I apologize. Man, I don't really apologize for my judgment. <laughs> but thank, thank you for playing Rapid Fire. It shows such growth, Sam, that you're even thinking about apologizing. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Your emotional growth is amazing. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. I have to ask one more question, not part of Rapid Fire, but there's a, a little thing we like to call the Aqua Duck on board. Oh, no, it's not on the Disney Wonder. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, I was going to ask it. about a water slide until I remembered uh, that they don't there, have there, one on the, the Wonder. They really do have one. It's the Twist and Spout. It's the bigger yellow slide. We did not do it. On the day we left, it would have been nice because it was like eight in the mid 80s in Vancouver after that it was just too cold it was just like I mean not cold for us like we we're laughing at other people who are like bundled up in their parkas and we're like in our spirit jerseys and jeans going it's really not that cold <laughs> Steve does have one pro tip for you oh so if you drive up to Vancouver and you're coming home and you have global entry you could use the Nexus lane using, using your global entry card which saved us probably almost an hour and a half coming mm-hmm. back. Luckily, I had done some research. So again, you don't need to have signed up. You just have to scan. Everyone in your car has to have global entry, though. And you just have to have your card with you. So It's just back in the U.S. It's, yes, back, just back into the U.S. You can't use it to get into Canada, but coming back. So that's a little tip. Yeah, that's what I was, I was going to say. We have, we have, I, was, I was thinking about, like, why do we even have Nexus if that's the case? But it's because we get into Canada faster on the front end. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, but the line's usually the worst coming back into the States than it is. Not saying there isn't a line going into Canada. There is. But it's the the worst line is coming back into the States. It's all that maple syrup trafficking, Sam. It's just all coming <laughs> back in. Maple syrup and poutine, you got to leave it at the border. You can't bring and the it Tim Hortons donuts, right? Those Tim Hortons. Yep, Tim Hortons. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem in, in Washington State, you know. <laughs> Big problem. Well, Nick, Steve, I really appreciate you taking the time to share your fabulous experience, your first experience with Disney Cruise Line, your Alaska experience. Just so, so much fun to catch up with both of you. And we need to have you back after you sail uh, the Caribbean with Disney Cruise Line. 
a very different experience than sailing in Alaska. So looking forward to hearing all about that in the future. But for now, just thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having us. One last thing, Brian, we need to let Steve plug the Plus Platoon podcast. Steve, you are regularly on a podcast. Tell us, why don't you tell our audience about the Plus Platoon? So the Plus Platoon is we review shows on Disney Plus. Um, it's available on all the platforms. Usually episodes are out on Thursday. So we focus on Marvel shows, Star Wars, um, what we also call um, From the Vaults. So older programs, reviewing those, bringing those back out. Always looking for suggestions. So if you just Google Plus Platoon, I'll pull up and you can check it out. Yeah. And fun to watch on video, of course, because you guys are on YouTube. And so those, those are fun to see all your faces interacting as well. <laughs> A big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with a DCL duo. Good night. Good night.